Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 170th week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. The whole crew is here this week. We have Aiden, we have Wyatt, we have Bart, and we have Jared. We're going to start off this episode with a little bit of news we missed before we jump into our two main segments this week, where we talk about NFL free agency, and we give our next state of the team with the Houston Texans. But again, before that, we're going to do some news we missed. First up, Formula One starts this week. Uh, as many of you have followed the podcast before know, some of us are Formula One fans, so exciting developments, especially when Drive to Survive, the Netflix show about the sport, came out this past week. So the sport's, like, real? Like, you can actually watch the sport and not just the Netflix show? Or... Okay. You can. It's oh, not scripted. Cool. No, sure, scripted. sure. <laughs> as far as we know. This, it is a sport. It's not scripted. Yes. <laughs> the, the end of the 2021 season might indicate differently with how that turned out. That's but... true. <laughs> um, and then we just have one other little news we missed. Uh, Carson Wentz was released by the Washington Commanders this past week. Uh, sort of cementing a pretty big fall from grace he's had over the past few years. Yeah, well, it might happen to Derek Carr. I th- that's what I'm. That's my worry for him. Yeah, is that it's gonna it's gonna he's gonna slide that quickly. Uh, yeah, people on people on Reddit pointed out that Wentz is probably fine because he's made like a hundred and thirty million dollars or something like that, and <laughs> he doesn't even like football much anymore. So like he can just go right off into the sunset. You know, it's like <laughs> it's a not really deal. a bad outcome yeah. to be honest. Yeah, to your comment, Jared. The Jets told Derek Carr that he's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer if he signs with them. So the future if is he, bright for Derek. Exactly. If, if Derek, Derek's got a decision to make, <laughs> he makes the correct one. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he doesn't, he'll be you know unsigned and retired next offseason. So high stakes. We'll see. Yeah, he's meeting with the Panthers. That's a mistake. <laughs> I feel like so. <laughs> huh. Well, Wentz is going to be a free agent now, and so are a lot of other bigger names. Um, and with NFL free agency uh, on the horizon, we are going to take a look at five of the biggest names uh, in free agency, go through and say who we think that they should sign for. First person in the segment will give their take who they think they should sign for. And the second person will give their take as to whether that is a good landing spot or a bad landing spot for that person. And we're going to start with perhaps the biggest free agent uh, this offseason, Lamar Jackson, who is a quarterback for the Ravens as of last season. So, Bart, your first up, where should Lamar go? Yeah, this is a good segue because my answer is the Commanders, actually. Uh, Last I checked, they were like the fifth highest odds for him, so this is a little bit out there, but I think it makes a lot of sense. First of all, he wouldn't have to move. That's huge. Half an hour drive to the other (laughs) stadium. Secondly... Mm -hmm. The commanders are well positioned to get him. They have a lot of cap space. Uh, I think I saw that they're, what, seventh right now? They don't have a ton of draft capital, I'll say that, assuming that the Ravens try to tag him and trade him, but they do have like as much as the Jets, which is another team I've seen thrown around. The commander's defense, like the Jets, is also really, really good, or at least it was last year. And their offense would be really good with him, right? Um, McLaurin is a true number one with Dotson and with Curtis Samuel. They have a lot of attacking power on the – and the passing game side, the running backs are decent. 
obviously the enemy is there now and so you'd be optimistic about how good their offense could be under him with you know the pairing between the enemy and Lamar and as we talked about Carson's out so they're looking for a quarterback so between all of those reasons I actually think the commanders make more sense than a lot of the other teams I'm seeing thrown around for him right now all right why do you think that's a good landing spot I think it works. I think it'd be good for Eric Bieniemy to get his hands on somebody like that. The team that I had in mind are the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they have passed oh. on the quarterback position for the last couple of years. They had a, they were in a position to get uh, Justin Fields just two years ago, and they didn't. But they've managed to plug in or plug some offensive talent into that, so that a quarterback can get in there and can actually show have some success. Arthur Smith doesn't get a whole lot of credit because they're. Not like a great team, but you know it's kind of like Bill Belichick, like in in uh, and the Steelers, where if you're going like eight and eight and nine and seven with really bad rosters, it, you kind of get a little bit of credit for being a good coach. Eventually, it has to start clicking because teams don't want to go um, five hundred every single year. But Arthur Smith right now has been a pretty bright offensive mind with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Lamar Jackson, and they're the going favorites. To get Saquon Barkley, I mean, their their offense could be spectacular mm. if something like that were to happen because they have the cap space for it and they have the capital for it. Yeah, I saw them mentioned more than the commanders, <laughs> actually. Fair enough. All right, next up we have Javon Hargrave, who is an interior lineman for the Eagles, and I'm going to take this one. And I think, and this isn't just speaking as an Eagles fan, I think the best spot for Hargrave to go is to stay in Philadelphia. Um the Eagles defense was excellent throughout this year and in large part due to Hargrave um, and it sort of helped him become a star and has elevated him to, on most lists I've seen, be one of the top 10 free agents available on the market in most cases, probably the top five. But I don't think it's just because he found success um, with the Eagles this past season that staying with the Eagles is his best move. I think he's going to take on an even bigger role next year. Uh, Fletcher Clocks is on the decline. He's also a free agent and I think all signs kind of indicate to the Eagles not re-signing him. He'd be too expensive. The last couple of years, he's gone significantly down, and Hargrave would help to, again, fill that interior line role alongside uh, Jordan Davis. Um, if not the Eagles, uh, maybe the Bears. The Bears have a ton of cap space. They have a ton of need in the trenches um, in order to sort of beef it up. We talked about them last week on our state of the team, and again, the Bears' offensive line and defensive line are both awful, so if they're looking to make a big splash, I think Hargrave might be the place. But again, he knows the Eagles system. He became a star in that system. He'll take on an even bigger role now. Fletcher Cox will almost certainly be gone and out the door. And so I think definitely the Eagles are his best landing spot. And again, if not, if we need a little bit of a backup for him, I'd say uh, the Bears, just because he can really show out on that defensive line. He'll get a ton of money. And it's something the Bears need as well. All right, Aiden, what do you think about Hargrave? Yeah, I think both of those are pretty good landing spots. Um, the, the question mark with the Eagles, yeah, is how... They have a lot of things to do this offseason in terms of resigning and keeping guys, and so we'll see if they're able to pay the price for Hargrave. Um, if he doesn't, yeah, the Bears have plenty of cap space. In terms of a team that I think would be interesting if he, you know, if he leaves the Eagles, I don't really want to see him on the Bears because they're bad. So um, I saw the Seahawks <laughs> thrown around a bit. Um, you know, the the Seahawks are obviously not a like Super Bowl contender right now. Uh, but they did make the playoffs, and they had a, a pretty bad defensive line. Uh, they were 30th against the run last year, not great against the pass either. Um, and so Hargrave would definitely help with that. And they've got $31 million in cap space. So if if their D-line is a priority um, to some degree, then I think they could potentially afford Hargrave. 
and I feel like that'd be a good non-Philly destination for him. Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, we're going to go from the defensive line to the offensive line for our next player. We're going to go to Orlando Brown Jr., uh, who's an offensive tackle for the Chiefs last year. Wyatt, where do you think he should go? I think he should stay with the Chiefs. Uh, it's like it's pretty baked in. Like you, you're going to win a lot of Super Bowls. There's a good chance that you win a, another Super Bowl. And you know, they, it, it was said that they offered him like a six-year, hundred thirty-nine million dollar contract, which would make him the highest-paid left tackle. Um, there are some complications in that, but I think it's going to get worked out. He's also projected to get franchise tag this coming season, so I'm not going to make a prediction and say that he goes somewhere else. He's uh, he he works for them. He's a good left tackle. Uh, he has a lot of chances to play with the greatest quarterback of all time and uh, one of the greatest offensive minds of all time. And it's kind of like, yeah, I know we want to make as much money as possible, and I don't want to yada 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 that. But also, you kind of got it pretty good where you're at, and the grass is green where you water it. You could be a big part of a lot of championships. Fair. All right, Jared, what's your take on that? I also think that would be the best spot for him. Um, but if you if you do want to leave and go somewhere else where you potentially will have opportunity to win championships, I would think he'd want to. And uh, go to a team that is that needs an offensive tackle. I think the Jets actually could be um, a good spot because they had a lot of injuries in that position last year. Um, I also think the Broncos and Chargers, same, same thing with the Chargers. They had injuries there too. The Chargers would be a good spot for him, and you'll you'll play for a good quarterback there, and hopefully get a chance to win some games. Um, but so I think like Jets, Broncos, Chargers would be my next couple that I would take a look at. But the Chiefs, I think overall, yeah, it would be a, a good situation and probably the best for for him. There. All right, we're gonna go to another dominant AFC team. Um, for our next one, we're gonna go to Jesse Bates, who is a Safety for the Bengals. Jared, where do you think he should go this offseason? So apparently the popular pick here is the Atlanta Falcons, um, who've already been mentioned earlier. They they had the 29th best passing defense, which means fourth worst in the league. And apparently he's already been hanging out with Falcons players uh, in some basically like unofficial tampering. So it seems like that's where he's going to go. Um, and indications are that way. They definitely need it. Um and I think it's a good, it's a, it's another place where if you have a lot of cap space, if they have a lot of cap space, cap space, they'll probably pay you a good amount too. So I think that's, um, the Falcons is a good destination for him. Yeah. Bart, what do you feel? Falcons were the first team I had as well. Uh, I read that he, he would be most likely replacing a guy named Jalen Hawkins, who PFF tells me has never rated over 60 in a season. So in other words, he's awful. <laughs> so it also like makes sense. Like I know that their whole defense was pretty bad, but there's like a specific guy that he'd be able to replace, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple mm-hmm. other teams that would make sense are the NFC North, unfortunately, the Bears and the Lions, because they both have cap space for him, and they both had really bad defenses last year as well. Uh, I would think he'd want to go to a better team, but... Uh, I don't think any of the teams that are going to be able to pay him a lot are going to be one of the best teams this offseason anyway, so he's going to probably have to make mm-hmm. a choice there. But, yeah, I like the Falcons the most. Yeah, fair. All right, our last player is Jacoby Myers, who is a wide receiver for the Patriots. And, Aiden, it is up to you where you send him. I think that he's going to find that only meh to bad teams will be able to pay up for his services. So I'm going with yeah. the Bears, with the Texans as my second string here. You know, it's a weak receiver market, 
Um, and what that means, of course, is that the top guys will be overpaid. They're overpaid even when it's not a weak receiver market. Um, so PFF has him projected to make $16 million a year, which is a lot of money. Um, and I think Jacoby Myers is good. You know, he's 26. He had 800 receiving yards and a Matt Patricia run-heavy <laughs> offense with Mac Jones as his QB. Um, so I, I think he's good. I think in the right situation, he could, he could be a breakout candidate next year. Um, I just think that it'd be stupid for any for most teams to spend that much money on a single wide receiver. So I think the team that does sign him will be one, a team with a lot of cap space, and two, a team that is a young QB that needs help. So a team that's trying to copy the AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts, Tyree Kill to a Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence model. Um, so Jacoby Myers, not as good as those guys, um, but still a good asset for a young QB. So I think there's a good shot he'd end up on the Bears. He'd be a pretty good compliment, I think, to the deep threats they have in Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. He's more of a kind of slot um, receiver. And so I think the, yeah, I think the Bears are a good option. I think the Texans, given that they're probably going to take a QB, um, are another potential option there. Yeah, um, and I'm sort of assessing that after. I think those are both good ones as well. If I had to throw in two more, and these might be a little harder to get, but I think um given cap space and all that the ravens if lamar goes the ravens have really for a long time not invested in the wide receiver position especially with lamar it's part of the reason why he's leaving so maybe if he leaves if they have some extra cap space because of that he'll see the error of their ways and i think the giants might be an all right landing spot too again i don't know if they'd fork out the money for it but again really bad pass offense last year 26 in the nfl they don't have a ton of good options. I could see them maybe trying to splash to, again, like you said, Aiden, help a young QB like Daniel Jones get better. But if they pay Jones as much money as they are, <laughs> I don't know if they'll be able to afford Myers going to the future. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I hope Myers does, doesn't end up being another Kenny Galladay because they just got rid of him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. All right, and before we move on to our next segment, a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Lunchpail Guys podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on an NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign with code TPPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. All right, so for those of you who have been listening to the podcast in the last week, uh, you'll know that over this offseason, we're going to go through and assess the state of every single NFL team, starting from the lowest winning percentage to the highest winning percentage all throughout the year. Last week, we did the Bears, so if you want to go back and listen to that, make sure you do and download the episode in the process. It always helps us. But this week, we have the second worst team in the NFL last year, uh, the Houston Texans. So Aiden, we'll start with you. What do the Texans need to do to compete in an AFC South that maybe isn't the strongest conference out there? Yeah, so the AFC South is definitely pretty weak. Um, but I don't think the Texans should be really focused on competing or having a full-on turnaround this year. I think they should be playing a longer game than that. 
and they have too many holes to fill right now you know on offense they only scored more than the broncos they need a qb they have no real talent at skill positions besides brandon cooks who should be traded because he does not really belong on a, a team that's developing like this um and on defense they allowed the third most yards per game so a lot of holes and for the texans you know it obviously starts with the draft i think the texans should take a qb this year but i also think that they should low-key keep the door open for drafting one specific qb next year as in <laughs> i think they should take one of the more mm-hmm. pro-ready qbs this year bryce young or i guess cj stroud um mm-hmm. get him a bit of help with the 12th pick so jordan addison or a jackson smith jigba um and then i think the texans should not really spend big in free agency and try to fill every hole they have uh, you know, focus on drafting and whatnot, and then let Bryce Young or CJ Stroud have a year, see what you've gotten him. And if he shows promise, great. You can go all in on him the next year. If he doesn't perform great or looks mad, I think there's a pretty good chance the Texans will be in play for the first pick next year anyway. Um, <laughs> in which case, I would I would dump Bryce Young in a second for Caleb Williams, uh, who feels like the closest QB to a, a sure thing in a while, which maybe is a little too much hype. But I guess my, my general summary here is that the Texans are more than a one-year project. I think they should approach the, this offseason with that in mind. You know? we, we also were uh, not high on Trevor Lawrence midseason, and then all of a sudden he uh, started doing well. So we, we don't know what a sure thing is any, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> we are wishy-washy. But yeah, no, I think, I think Caleb Williams probably would be a good prospect to just go freaking draft the quarterback again. It did kind of work out for... I would say it worked out in general for the Cardinals going from Josh Rosen to uh, Kyler Murray in back-to-back years. Yeah. They definitely upgraded. I wonder if a team has ever gone top five. Because <laughs> Rosen was like 12 or something, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. He was a 12th yeah. pick. He was like... <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, given that, do you think they have to take a quarterback in the first round this year, yes. given their position? If you play yourself in a position to draft a quarterback, you have. I think you have to. You just I have agree. to. <clears throat> yeah, I think even if even if the Bears shock the world and take a quarterback or trade that pick, I don't think the Texans need to be upset with whoever they get at the second yeah. pick anyway, personally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. Do you think they should be exploring then, looking for that number one pick? Um, or assembling any sort of trade package, or do you think just if they absolutely get it love is there too? If they absolutely love one over the other, but I don't know, you'd probably lose more than you're going to gain. Like yeah. if you have to give up the their other first round mm-hmm. pick, there's no way I want to do that. Yep. I don't think I would do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I don't like I, I yeah I feel like they're better off keeping two and taking someone else at twelve. Yeah, yeah. just because I talent gap. honestly yeah. As a general rule, I feel like I'm against people going and getting their guy. Maybe that's too strong. <laughs> no. But I feel like that has justified way too many stupid trades in the past when we really don't know which of these QBs is going to be good. I don't know. <clears throat> I, just, I generally don't buy it. I'm sure there are exceptions. but I also think it's a little murky to decide who's who and what's what. Like, it's, like Jared said, they absolutely love a guy, and it's normally a lot of people love um, Bryce Young. Sure, but like I don't know if CJ Stroud is a huge drop off from him. Yeah, yeah. And if you really like the attributes of Will Levis or Anthony uh, Richardson, then sure. But like, I I mean, if you wait it out, I would just take whoever falls to you, and then that way you don't have to lose any capital. Yeah. Like you said, Aiden, it's like mm-hmm. it's like a stupid reason to make the trade. 
Like, yeah. <clears throat> to support that point, Aiden, actually, um, if you look back at like the 2021 draft, for example, like the two teams that traded up, I feel like, I don't know, the, the verdict obviously is still out, but it, it, so far has not worked out for the 49ers, for example. I don't know. I know people like Justin Fields too, but so far I would I would say it hasn't worked out for them on the Bears front either. So, um, and then the Patriots, for example, just stayed put and got probably got the guy that I think they originally wanted in Mac Jones anyway, which also hasn't worked out. <laughs> so you just never know. <laughs> so who really knows? <laughs> it could be that. I mean, it could be a class like that though. Again, you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's one thing if there's a kind of more sure thing prospect, and I don't think we see that this year but yeah no apparently too like the big talk the last day at least from todd mcshay who i'm becoming (laughs) more and more dubious of as a commentator but like he said that teams should be scared of bryce young's height at this point like direct quote i think oh because apparently i know it's ridiculous it's like kenny pickett's hands last year (laughs) so they gotta find something i feel like height height is like a little bit more justified <laughs> than the hand size but yeah because apparently he's like five ten and three quarters instead of six feet which he's listed as yeah well no duh so. like he's like but he's, yeah we know that he's not six feet tall you always got to juice it up you got to juice it up a couple inches give yourself like 10 more pounds yeah. on the roster yeah, <laughs> yeah i did it but that but that's how i, I gave myself um, like three inches i think yeah, I was twenty pounds heavier in my stat sheet. Uh, yeah, thing. I think even on my ID, like if I were to go missing, they would never be able to find me. I'm six, I'm six two, like two, two ten. I would not miss. The Everything it looks exactly me. the same about him, but the weight, is but like, the height and weight is not really adding up. This guy's not that tall. Maybe it's his twin. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, it was the same thing with Devontae Smith, though, and it's like he's too skinny and his frame is – and then, mm-hmm. but he played college football at that level, and he played it yeah. really well. And same with Bryce Young. Like, he played at Alabama, and, and they played well. And it's not like he's – they're just taking him because he's an Alabama quarterback. It's because he's a talented young prospect. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. – and uh, partially, I think one of the things for the Texans is – when you and and I would I kind of meant to mention this last week, when you hire a defensive coach, mm-hmm. um, I know that we have said that it makes it hard to develop a, a young quarterback, or you know it's easier like the one to one connection with an offensive guy is clearly apparent. With a defensive coach, I think it does give you a little bit of freedom to invest more resources in your offense. That the defensive guy is like, I'm going to get a scheme. We're going to maximize the talent that we have, but we'll just use pick one and or pick two now and pick 12 on some offensive guys, and we'll go get a quarterback, and we'll get a wide receiver. And it's not like just because I'm a defensive head coach, I'm going to walk out of this draft with Jalen Carter and a cornerback or something like that. You know, <laughs> They have, at, at the very least, Derek Stingley Jr. is a talented young corner, and they're just going to mm-hmm. be like, this is going to be the guy. We're going to maximize the rest of this talent, and we're going to pour as many resources as we possibly can into the offense. Um and I think that that's going to be big for them. I also think D'Amico Ryan's uh, the way that we're going to judge his success this year is whether or not they have a culture similar to what Detroit did a couple of years ago. When we kind of like you get the vibe that everybody is having a good time, um, really vested in the development of that program and in building yourself up to a point where you're going to be a contender and you trust the process instead of 
like the Jaguars where it was kind of a laughing stock and players were laughing when coaches would leave the room and all mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Well, outside of the vibes, I guess, that we want from the team this year that you think would be a success, Wyatt, um, what win-wise do you think is their sort of ceiling and floor this year? Well, you know, I think the Titans are going to be rebuilding this year. It seems as though they're going to be taking a pivot to be a young team. Jacksonville, I would say they they own the division, and the Colts are kind of up in the airs regarding as to what they're going to do this year. But I think they're talented. I would just say that their ceiling is probably six wins, and their floor is right back here again, <laughs> like like we said with the Bears, like. I don't expect much. I don't really expect them to go out there and win. I expect them to develop the guys that are going to be there for a while. And, you know, Laramie Tunzel and Derek Stingley and whoever they draft a quarterback and probably whatever wide receiver they draft and Damien Pierce. And, like, those are your guys. Mm-hmm. And you just go out there and you say, like, uh, and Mechie from last year. He never played last season uh, for health reasons. But, like, I, I – what what – is it really a failure if he is drafted in the top 10 again? Because a lot of teams do that, where they, mm-hmm. at the very least, like don't make major jumps, and you build up to a point where you can make a major jump and make mm-hmm. a big splash move. And this year is a, another transition year. Plus, they, have a ton, they still have tons of picks left from the Deshaun Watson deal. Alrighty, well, thank you for listening to the first part of this week's episodes. Um, if you liked like this and wanted uh, more content from us, Please subscribe, download our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at lunchpailguys underscore, and tune in for our episode later this week as well.